you just caught me reading my brand new book, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. The book, me and my co-host Ben Durant wrote this last year and is now finally out at bluerosebag.com. Supplies are very limited, so you gotta get yours today. This book contains over 100 interviews with cast and crew, community commentary, and of course, us. For example, here are some of the fine folks you'll find in this wonderful book. Krista Bell, Charlotte Stewart, David Patrick Kelly, Jim Belushi, John Neff, Scott Frost, Cheryl Lee, Matthew Lillard, and the one, the only, Kyle McLaughlin. So get your copy today at bluerosemag.com and don't be left out. Now please, I must go back to reading my own book and tending to my fire. I have no idea where this will lead us, but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is no one. Brian's off this week due to the fact the subject of the show contains spoilers. The killer gets mentioned in this episode, as well as other things that could be considered spoilers, including from the film Firewalk With Me. You have been warned. So last Saturday, October 30th, I took a road trip to North Adams, Mass. to attend Keys Open Doors, the Hidden Life of Laura Palmer event at the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art, Mocha. This Twin Peaks Unwrapped show is going to give you a taste of the event. Nothing beats the experience of actually being at one of these events, but I hope you will enjoy hearing from some of the attendees and the performers. So I am Russ uh, from A Place Both Wonderful and Strange. Um, this is Niabi. And this is Baby Rosemary, who you will be getting very, very, very acquainted with uh, later this evening. Yeah, so ultimately I was, I was pleased, but I'm also like, I mean, I got here late, but I was upset that we missed the costume party and stuff. Oh, all right, if you are in costume and you consider yourself a Mr. Twin Peaks, um, let's come on, let's come on down. <laughs> Do 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 do. Hi, I'm Dale Cooper, and I'm really happy to be here. And just let want to let you know that uh, if you happen to stop in for a great slice of pie and cup of coffee, this is a damn fine place to be. Federal Bureau of Investigation Special Agent Dale Cooper, at your service. Hello, I'm Dr. Jacoby, and I uh, I used to be good, but I just don't care. Just, sorry. <laughs> DEA agent. Denise Bryson. Uh, I am also Special Agent Dale Cooper. Well, I'm Special Agent Philip Jeffries. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about Judy. In fact, we're not going to talk about Judy at all. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I present to you my case. Denise is actually an employee of Mass Mocha. The winner is Dr. Jacoby. Little backstory, I have a handicapped French bulldog that looks like a log, 
and I was gonna be the log lady and wear just a dowdy sweater and carry my French bulldog. Um, but we ended up not bringing him, so I'm sure Massmoke is probably really grateful that I didn't bring my dog. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, everybody. I guess um, this is the last time you're gonna be seeing us on this side. Um, we, we will see you on the other side of the Black Lodge. And on the phone, we have Russ, Niabi, and Vanessa. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hey. Russ and Niabi are a part of the band A Place Both Wonderful and Strange. And Vanessa is a DJ as a knife sex, and she's the front person for the band The Harrow. Give me a little background about this uh, Keys Open Doors event. Basically, um, Keys Open Doors, The Hidden Life of Laura Palmer, is an audiovisual movement performance art piece. Um, that Niabi and I have composed that uh, exists to tell the 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 truth, the the secrets and and the, the hidden aspects of the last few hours in the life of Laura Palmer, um, both good and both absolutely and completely terrifying. Mm. And unfortunately for the viewer, most of it is just completely terrifying. Um, yeah, uh, this is Niabi. I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, every performance that we do is completely improvised. And so it's never the same way twice, which is always exciting for not only us, but for obviously, you know, the audience as well. We never really know what's going to happen. And it's really influenced on, you know, honestly, our moods, what's happened to us personally throughout the day. And also, what we decide to bring to the table. Um, for instance, you know, this this particular performance, we had to extend by, uh, what was it, 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah uh-huh. we had to extend by 20 minutes. So, um, Russ and I have come up with a few uh, different scenarios that we're, we're planning on, on playing with during this performance. You know, we have a loose road, we have like a road map, um, you know, where we are going, but it's 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 really just like points that we're hitting. Um, everything just is completely on the whim of of what we're feeling at that moment. That's cool. Yeah, Russ had mentioned to me through an email that like he has no idea what you're gonna bring bring out and stuff. And I think that's really exciting that you guys kind of play off of each other. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we are really intently listening to each other. It's kind of it's kind of funny during our last performance. Over at uh, Solomoka, the same set, um, someone uh, mentioned, one of our fans mentioned how, how impressed he was, how we were just intently listening, intently watching, and, and, and making sure that we were hearing each other and communicating musically. And so, you know, there's that, there's, there's, there's a significance. Um, I don't know what would, you, what would you say, Russ? Like just communication, conversation, communication, musically that, that's happening. That. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so you also have like so you have actual um, footage of of the uh, Twin Peaks, the film, the missing pieces, and that's going on while you guys are are playing. Is that right? Is that yeah. Okay. So what it is? It's it's and it's. Uh, it's edited together. Um, the the official verbiage is that it is 
found footage, archival footage, and lost home movies from the Palmer family. But um, I mean, we're all Twin Peaks fans here. We can mm. we we all know what that means. It's um, it's it's Twin Peaks footage with um, uh, the missing pieces and some other some other edits that Niabi and I have chosen to make to to tell a story. It's a visual story. It's an audio story, and it all kind of comes together. Um, and it's part of the reason why you know video isn't something that we ever wanted to like have up anywhere is because we feel like it's not complete with, without the, the audio mm. and some of the video, you know, as, as you'll see, since you're going to be there, some of the video, you know, spoiler alert, since, um, you know, the audience isn't going to be hearing this until after the show, yeah. some of the video I ripped from a, like a Swedish site that totally exists to pirate David Lynch film <laughs> because I thought that seeing um, Leland stomping around going, where's my axe? I'm hungry. <laughs> Subtitles underneath it from nowhere was um, both <coughs> hilarious and yeah. sort of fucking terrifying. <laughs> so, so it's a lot of stuff like that. It's a lot of attention to detail from like where we're pillaging this stuff from. It's commissioned by the David Lynch Foundation. Can you get, tell us more about that? Yeah, so um, my original project uh, ages ago um, was touring a version of a um, re-soundtracked pilot to Twin Peaks. Um, and that got us a decent amount of notoriety and acclaim. That project split up, but I felt like um, in terms of exploring this idea of what would... Twin Peaks sound like now hmm. in an era that has all of this incredibly ridiculous, amazing, just like dark and pummeling and just just music that expects something of the listener. Yeah. What would it sound like? So I played around with some shows. I played around with touring a full re-soundtracking of Firewalk with me, which is just too fucking long. <laughs> that movie is just too long. Because it's over two and, and a half hours, yeah. Yeah, and and um, last year when uh, Lynch did uh, the Unified Field at uh, the Philadelphia Fine Arts Academy, um, I was asked to come up with something by Lynch Foundation. I was commissioned by Lynch Foundation to come up with the, the after-party show. Huh. And um, that, it's only, like, really right now saying those words that I'm, like, and I decided to focus on, like, Leland raising his daughter as a fucking demon. Like, good yeah. job. <laughs> you know, that's what I did. That's what I did. Congratulations, Raph. So this show was born out of that at the time. <clears throat> At the time when I finished it, um, it was 23 minutes long, hmm. and uh, it was it was a solo show, and it's kind of just grown from there because like it every time we perform it, we learn something new about the about Laura. We learn something new about the other characters in it. We learn something new about ourselves, and we learn something new about the way the audience can respond. Um, in Philadelphia. 
when uh, when we just did it um, opening for the lady in the radiator, um, I felt like we were really, really pummeling and punishing mm-hmm. and in no way, shape, or form. In no way, shape, or form, um, like giving the audience room to breathe at all, and they loved it. Yeah, so, they wanted more. They just they loved being punished. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means for for the Mass Mocha show because I imagine that um, I haven't been to Mass Mocha, but I know that it's a really it's a prestigious place and like very very pretty. And I just, I really kind of just want to throw the entire room into submission now. <laughs> because it's what a mob of Liam in Philadelphia can handle. So, Vanessa, you're the opening act. What what can we expect from, uh, from what you're going to be doing? Hi. Um, okay, so I'm basically just going to be playing sort of like uh, Lynchian type music for my own personal collection. Um, I was a radio DJ on the Newtown Radio in Brooklyn for about two years, and um, I had it was sort of like a dark electronic music show. And so um, I have a lot of that kind of stuff that I just sort of like went through everything and picked out stuff that I felt like sort of had that Lynch kind of vibe to it, I guess. And then I um, edited a lot of the songs and like added some effects and stuff like that. I don't want to give too much away, but you guys all have albums coming out. I mean, uh, Vanessa, with your band, The Harrow, you guys have an album coming out November sixth. Yeah, totally. Um, we have an album coming out called uh, Our Band is called The Harrow. It's me and three other guys. Um, we have an album coming out November sixth. Uh, it's kind of it's hard. To, I don't really like. I'm not good at describing my own music, but I guess kind of like a um, dark electronic music with some goth and shoegazy type mm. influence into it. Um, I sing and I also do a lot of the programming. Like I program all, um, most of the drums for the album and stuff. And then we have a guitar and bass and the, um, the synth player as well. And it's really fun. I don't know. And I'm, me and my friends and we're really excited about this album that's coming out. Cool. <laughs> we, have, we have an album coming out in 24 hours. What the fuck? Um, I'm, we're both really excited. This is the first real um, album release, like, cycle for me, personally. Like, Niabi's been in, like, a jillion bands and actually, like, has a solo record after her credit, but I've never done this whole thing. So, um, and by this whole thing, I mean, like, the, like, let's get photos taken, let's mm-hmm. do a video, let's pick a single, let's put an album out, then let's pick another single, and let's do another video. Like, I never... <laughs> so, I have legitimately been sitting... Um, yeah, we can vouch for this. I've been sitting with my finger on the like <laughs> send a pre releases to the people at Botham button on <laughs> for like three days wanting to like put the record out. And yeah, yeah. like, no, it's I true. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. We gotta wait. I don't want to wait. Okay, I have to wait. <laughs> so I need to with my finger like on the button on Bandcamp ready to send it. Um, That's awesome. But um, it's really exciting in our. Dagger Forest out of London. Um, it's this kid, Alan, who is really in tune with what is happening in experimental, like dark electronic music. Yeah. So to have him approach us to put it out, and then um, the cassettes, he sent us photos. We haven't actually seen them yet because we have the cassettes shipped to Math Mocha. Um, so we'll see them tomorrow. But, uh, but the photos, they look absolutely beautiful, and it's just, it, I'm 
I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm so happy for you guys. It's so cool. Tell me about your style. I think I have some here saying dark Lynchian electronic noise pop performance are inspired in equal parts by Noir and Janet Jackson. <laughs> is, that, is that sum you guys up? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're both really into, uh, ironically, or maybe not so ironically, we're, we're both really into pop music, and and we we definitely haven't. We're definitely nodding to you know the past in terms of of Janet specifically, and you know what she brought to the table. Janet Jackson, Paula. <laughs> Janet, Paula. We want to collaborate. Um, so, but yeah, I mean. It's exciting because, I mean, what we're doing is definitely dark. It's definitely serious. But there's definitely also, you know, an, a, an ironic, lighthearted kind of irony to it all as well. Mm. Cool. It's really, it's really hard to take yourself seriously when you're in a band that um, the name is basically like 3,000 words long. <laughs> <laughs> a David Lynch quote, and one of the things that, like, I've found people kind of underestimate and undervalue just the, like, wicked, wicked, bleak sense of humor that David Lynch has. And I feel that Niabi and I, like, really connect to that and the fact that, like, I don't know, man, we we did a really, really awful kind of just bombing from the start of its show at a venue up here in February. And Niabi just got on the mic and would just, like, talk straight to the audience and then just, like, flip the mic over. And it was just, like, one of those things where it's just, like, <clears throat> let's just be weird for the sake of being weird because that's what people think that we're doing. Hmm. And it's that, like, it's not because, like, it's because, like, oh, one of the cables is dead. So, like, fuck it. Like, let's just experiment. And that's one of the things that, like, I don't know. I, I, I trying to bring this, this thread back in on the cold medicine is that uh, <laughs> people vastly underestimate the like humor in Lynch's stuff and we we vibe with that very, very intensely. Yeah, and I mean just to follow up on that, I mean, you know, it's also kind of it's it, it's an interesting position to be in as a musician. You know, we're <laughs> I don't know, I've been in a lot of bands and, and we're uh we're we're able to be experimental and and be fun and to 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 try things differently than other bands do That's and cool. yeah. and 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 so you know as a result of that we we have grown leaps and bounds I, I mean just this past year has been so freaking incredible it really has been I mean we there's just been so much that personally for me in past bands that I wouldn't have felt comfortable experimenting with. But with Russ and with this project, you know, I can be the weird I can be my weird self. I can I can I can experiment. I can try. And if it fails, fuck it. <laughs> if it doesn't fail, you know what? It's fucking cool. That's and so then cool. and then and then we reach an audience and we reach someone and, and, and we reach that one maybe that one or two or 20 people that are like, wow, you know, I'm not alone in my goodness. I understand where they're coming from, and I get this. And so, you know, that to me is the most important thing. Totally. I mean, that it, to me is like what, what drives me in this band and what makes me so proud and so excited to be a part of this project. 
There will be loud noises. There will be violence. There will be sexual things. There will be nudity. Anything that happens from this point on, we are not responsible for. Uh-huh. And then people put their kids on their shoulders oh so they could see more. So, wow. yeah. I don't know why they really did that, but okay. Wow. <laughs> so we were asked in slave um, if we, which again, it was a complete shock in the Abby and I, because we kind of assumed that the people in Philly who were there for the bands with the like trumpets and, and the lady in the radiator, who was the nicest and most amazing human being in the fucking world. Mm. Like, yeah, and I can't believe we didn't get a photo with her. I mean, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we're family of the band in the like, Instagram regard. But, um, she was so fucking nice. For asking us if we were ever going to actually put out the soundtrack to Keep Open Doors, and um, Niabi and I were, were both a little drunk, um, <laughs> and uh, I asked her, and she said, yes, absolutely, and I, I kind of filed that away, and then we started trying to plot out, like, what now that we have this record out, what do we want to do? Yeah. Um, so we're really thrilled to announce to you guys, uh, to Twin Peaks Unwrapped, that um, we will be going upstate, upstate meaning upstate New York, um, in the winter months, in January or February, and recording a version of the soundtrack to Keep Open Doors, The Hidden Life, Laura Palmer. And that will be the next album that you guys will get from us, um, hopefully without much time for turnaround. Um, we've got a couple of labels interested I'm not going to name them so that we can hopefully get a bidding war going and pay our rent for the next several years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, hopefully the next time that you see us with a record out, it will be it will definitely be Keys Open Doors and Michael Parker Palmer. Hopefully it will be on all of the ways that you want to buy it, including vinyl and cassette and CD and whatever you want, because. Um, People, people want that. So we are finally going to go into a room and put this weird fucking soundtrack down for... Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited for you guys. That's so cool. I, I hope when you guys are done with the album, you guys will come back on the show and, and talk about that and uh, promote it. and stuff. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So I think we're out of time, but I'd love to hear from each one of you guys uh, what your future proje- projects are, where you guys are going to be next. Um, I guess start with Russ and then... Okay, cool. And I can pass around. Um, so my future projects are Facebook Wonderful and Strange. And where I am going to be next is... Um, place with wonderful strange yeah um yeah i i gotta reiterate the fact that place with wonderful and strange is pretty much that's my my only band right now and that's the band that i i have my heart is in and my head is in and my soul is in and and i'm so excited to share with you guys our next album it's going to be Amazing. I mean, we're going to basically be going upstate and getting really fucking weird, and uh, it's going to be amazing. So sit tight. So basically, for for twenty for twenty fifteen, we are kind of um, getting ready to like shut it down. Um, we're doing the the short the shorter version of the Laura Palmer show in Brooklyn on, on Halloween at nine o'clock at night, not in the morning because mm-hmm. why would we do that? <laughs> and then after that, we're playing a show. <coughs> with um, this wonderful band called Scam Avenue on November 11th um, in Brooklyn. And then we're doing a, a listening salon 
um, at a secret location on November 14th in Brooklyn where we're bringing people to a place and playing the record and talking about it and having some musical performances and tarot readings and like vegan food and wine. And then that's it. And then we're going into hibernation mode until we have another record for people. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And so Vanessa, what are your, your plans? Okay. Well, um, besides the Harrow album that's coming out on the uh, 6th, um, Ross and I sort of have some, uh, stuff in the works together for a project between me and him, which is, uh, still like very new. So I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about that. I'm also maybe going to be working on uh, some stuff with a place called Wonder Film Strange as well. Hmm. And yeah. then, yeah. well, definitely going to be working on stuff with us. Hopefully. And then also, um, my friend Bobby, uh, he has a, a, a solo project called Public Memory, and I'm going to be playing in his live band, um, probably coming in uh, 2016. So I'm excited about that, too. Cool. Well, thank you so much, all of you, for for your time, and I am so excited uh, tomorrow thank you so night. Much. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait till tomorrow to actually witness uh, the 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 hidden life of Laura Palmer. <laughs> cool. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate your time. Thank you much. Bye. Um, I thought the event was really interesting. I really liked that there was a strip tease that happened. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting and strange, and I said, uh, what's she doing up there? And my wife said, I think she's going to strip. And I said, she's not going to strip. And then she started this stripping. This is actually the first um, live strip tease that I've ever seen. Very unexpectedly. I was like, oh, well, this is happening. Okay. That was, that was, uh, yeah, it was a, a, a first for me. It's good. I'm here now with Baby Rosemary. Uh, she is a DC-based burlesque artist, uh, producer, educator, and a 2013 graduate of the DC-owned burlesque university. Hi, Baby Rosemary. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Um, well, I got a text from Russ, um, and he was really excited, and he said, you know, how would you feel about going to Massachusetts? And mm. I said yes immediately, uh, without knowing anything. <laughs> so, uh, we built it from there, and it's you know, come to be uh, such a neat project and such an adventure. Um, I'm really excited to do it and pull this off with them. Um, I've not ever performed in a museum before. Um, I'm going to have a lot of audience interaction, um, and I'm really hoping to complement uh, the amazing work that A Place Both Wonderful and Strange are doing there. It is always an incredible experience to dance to live music. That's mm. not something I usually get um, an opportunity to do. Um, so I'm really excited and really grateful that I get to do this. Yeah, I was checking out your Facebook page, and you're talking about you know, uh, body positivity, like you know, really positive body image. My wife, uh, you know, she studied um, body image, and I think that's wonderful that you have that you know you present that and you really talk about you know a positive message about women's bodies. That's awesome. It is. It's really important to me specifically because, you know, that's how I got into burlesque, um, to feel great about my own body. So mm. it's, you know, a mission in the community as well as a mission for myself. The thing I love most about Twin Peaks is that sense of wonder and the mm. openness to the strange. Um, and that's something that I already liked to incorporate into my own art, um, 
and really appeals to me when I'm watching the show. Where where can people find you? Sure. Well, like you said, um, I'm based primarily in D.C., although I'll venture out to Virginia or New York as needed. Um, but I am one of the founding members of um, a burlesque troupe called the Manic Pixie Nightmares. Um, mm. We are a feminist, queer-friendly, um, trans-friendly, um, all-inclusive burlesque troupe. Um, awesome. And we perform every third Thursday at the Pinch in D.C. Uh, so on November 20th, um, we will be back at the Pinch. I know it's a Friday, uh, but the Manic Pixie Nightmares will be performing their last show of the season. Um, and we will also be donating all the proceeds to HIPS, a local D.C. charity. So mm. we're really excited to do that. So if anyone listening um, is around, you should definitely come check us out. Cool. Well, thank you, uh, Baby Rosemary. I really appreciate your time. Thank you as well. Please, diary, help me explain to everyone that I did not mean what I have become. We walked into a really intriguing David Lynch movie. I don't know. <laughs> With really awesome music and a really awesome dancer. Uh, I thought the show was great. It was uh, short and sweet. I kind of wanted to see more because I just love Twin Peaks so much. I felt like I was just really getting into it. I felt like I was just sort of like opening up, like my mind was kind of like just getting there, right? And then it ended and I'm like, God, this could have gone on for like at least another hour or something. I was really just starting to get into that consciousness, you know? Yeah, and the music, the, the music was really um, trans-inducing and um, obviously the way that they edited the film was too. So man, keep going, do it again and keep going. I mean, I thought the, um the multimedia thing was cool. There was supposed to be a dance party. I thought they could have morphed it into a dance party. Oh, dance party. Yeah. It was very weird. It's awkward, uncomfortable, sexual, loud, sweaty, and wonderful. It played with your head. The, yeah. the ultra slow-mos really gave you a chance to study the faces. And when you're watching on a small screen, I saw this stuff when I was a kid. You didn't have that opportunity. And uh, coupled with the uh, heavily laden bass-filled music and the ethereal singing of the, of the female voices that you couldn't really make out what they were saying, but they were still there in your head, I think I'm going to fall asleep and have nightmares tonight. One thing that I learned today, which I didn't know, which is the thing that was like, oh, it's eight years ago. How did I not pick up on that? Was that... Laura Palmer was, like, raped by her father? I was hoping that they were going to cut and splice the whole movie. That's what I was kind of gearing up for. Um, I really liked the opening scene where it was the Black Lodge scene in reverse. Um, that was kind of enlightening. Uh, I thought it was really awesome. I was hoping for something that would be, you know, as dark as it was. And I'd say it was probably, like... 20 times darker than the movie itself was. So that was really exciting. And it was also really nice to see like uh, some 3D aspect of it as well. Like you had, you know, the cut of the movie up there, but you also had, you know, Baby Rosemary interacting and then people singing and stuff. So there was a lot more to take in with it as well. It was really interesting. Um, I'd probably describe the event as saying it was uh, a new way to see the last days of Laura Palmer's life in a way that really makes you think about like what she was going through.
Thank you so much. We are a place both wonderful and strange. That was the Keys Open Doors and the Hidden Life of Laura Palmer event. Thank you, Russ, Niabi, Vanessa, and baby Rosemary for their time. Next week, Brian will be back. It'll be we'll be doing episode 14, and Brian will finally find out who killed Laura Palmer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>